All right. Hey, guys. We are back in the Burlington on the Spot studio after being on the road last week. And in true Burlington on the Spot fashion, we have a very interesting guest for you today. He's a new face in Burlington, and you're going to want to get associated if you're interested in the comings and goings uh, that happen in this town. So, Rick Mock, thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure. So let's just jump right in. Who are you and what are you doing here? Who is Rick Mock? <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of people have asked that question, and I... I tell them I don't know what more I can explain that they didn't read on the post office wall. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Um, well, I, I am the general manager of the Burlington Record. Um, I am thrilled to be in this town. I moved here from just outside of Fort Worth, Texas, uh, a town called Weatherford. Um, bigger than here, but like here. Uh, they no longer have a Burger King. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know what? Actually, I was excited when we moved here, and we drove by. The first day we were here, we drove by, and I saw Burger King, and I said to my wife, we have Burger King! Oh. Because Weatherford, a town of 30,000 people, uh -huh. um, had pretty much everything you could want. But for some reason, they didn't have a Burger King. So I was excited about that, and... Uh, like all dreams, you know, they run the risk of being shattered. And <laughs> you know, thank you, Burger King Corporation. I, right. yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, we we like it here. Uh, Burlington is a, is a cool community, and, and and one thing that I've noticed it's it's a very accepting community. It's a very welcoming community, um, and uh, and that's good because I'm I'm the kind of guy that I can pretty much get along with anybody. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, look at me. I'm, I, I'm the last person who wants to get into a fight. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, no, I, 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 I pretty much follow a philosophy of, you know, it, it's okay if we disagree. It's okay if we have different opinions. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Troy and I were talking about this just a couple of weeks ago. It, uh, you know, how many people out there don't like the same football team or don't like the same basketball team. I mean, heck, I, you know, my wife and I, we don't like the same food. <laughs> um, funny story. Speaking of that, funny story. On our very first date, she made this absolutely delicious dinner. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. It was, it was organic chicken and uh, organic potatoes and you know, I thought I was eating healthy till I met her, but, you know, <laughs> she's organic, so I automatically, vicariously became organic. But mm -hmm. uh, proving my point that, you know, even the closest of people are not going to like the same things, uh, she made something, it, it, was a, it was some kind of green slaw, and I lied, I told her I liked it. <laughs> that I didn't. And, uh, so yes, I actually started our, our relationship out with a lie, but uh, and I'll spend the rest of eternity making it up to her. But you know, um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm the kind of person I can pretty much get along with anybody, and I like getting along with people. I like it, in fact, when we do have differences because 
it makes for fantastic conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, um, if everybody liked the Broncos, it wouldn't be fun to watch football. Well, you know what? I, I, I'm from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but I don't like the Cowboys. Oh. I'm a Houston Texans fan. Okay. Um, but I did, when my daughter moved here in 2014, I did adopt the Broncos as, as my second favorite team. Um, but you're right. If everybody liked the Broncos, then uh, there'd be a lot of people disappointed on Sunday. And, and I, I don't mean that the Broncos are going <laughs> to lose. I just mean if everybody liked the same team, you know, well, I don't know. Actually, I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> It just wouldn't be interesting. Football wouldn't be interesting if everybody was cheering for the same team. You know, when I was in radio, we had a uh, news guy. We loved to play pranks on on, on each other. And uh, I was doing morning drive one day. Mm -hmm. And I had played a prank on our news guy a day or two earlier. And I knew he was going to get me back. I just didn't know when or where. (laughs) So in between commercials. Um, it was a Friday and I was reading. Um, and the reason I would thought of this is Denver was a critical part of this joke. <laughs> um, he puts on the he, he puts on the counter for me to read on the air the weekend football schedule. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I said, Ann, in, uh, in the NFL this weekend, um, the uh, Cowboys are at, are at the Broncos. Uh, the Chiefs are at Denver. Uh, the New York Giants are at Denver. It's <laughs> a hell of a lot of teams at Denver. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked, and the entire schedule was everybody playing at Denver. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. That's confusing <laughs> for everybody listening. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we, we absolutely love it here in Burlington. And... Uh, I love being part of the record. It's got such an incredibly strong history. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't looking to move here. I wasn't looking to move anywhere, really. Uh, uh, I was uh, making a living as a freelance writer in Texas, uh, spending half of my days in my pajamas if I didn't have to be anywhere. Um, I'm still trying to, I'm still contemplating whether I'm, I might pass that in the office. Pajama day. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be great? Come it to work would. in your pajamas. I'm just thinking of the people that work there and wondering how they would react to that. Day. It might be. It might be a pretty fun day. Everybody might need to go buy the record that day. <laughs> well, in addition to my tie collection, I do have an interesting pajama collection too. I. So oh it's just gosh. not as much. I just don't have as many as the ties. But we'll have um, to talk about that. But I, uh, I was looking for some freelance work up here because I thought, well. Um, we go to Denver a lot to see our daughter, and if I could get some freelance work up that way, you know, could pay for trips. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, I come across this position here. My wife says, "We'll see what happens." Well, what happened is I wound up here. <laughs> so, uh, and it, and it, you know, it was a great decision. I I really like being here. Good. I'm glad to hear that. We kind of like it too. So, in Weatherford, what did you do there? Uh, well, as I said, I was a freelance writer for a variety of publications. Uh, pretty at uh, the Star Telegram, the Fort Worth Star Telegram. I don't know if you've heard of that. That was a uh, publication. I, and I've actually been involved with them one way or another since 1996. Um, obviously, I'm not employed by them anymore or anything. 
but uh, I still have friends there, and um, um, you know, if, uh, you, know you, you make these connections. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 2016, I had been a sports editor for 11 years at a newspaper, and I just decided I wanted to spend more time with the grandkids. Mm-hmm. I started looking at all these opportunities to do freelance work that I'd been turning down. And I put pencil to paper, and I thought, you know, I, if these people would work me on a regular basis, I could probably make more money doing that. So I did, and that's what I had been doing from 2016 until I arrived here. Okay. Um, just uh, magazines from from coast to coast. Believe it or not, I even wrote about cutting horses. Really? And I've never been on a cutting horse in my <laughs> life. I'm not even sure how you. I'm not even sure what the rules to cutting horse to to competing in cutting horses are, but uh, so then how do you go about writing about something you don't know about? Do you just dive into research or like take me through that process? Everybody has a story, mm-hmm. and when you write, say for example, about a, a volleyball player, mm-hmm. well, odds are if she's a good volleyball player. People are already going to know that. Mm-hmm. They may be somewhat familiar with her stats or what have you, but what you're telling is what they don't know. Okay. And that might be, could be any number of things. It could be she had a hardship in her life that she overcame to become this good volleyball player. It could be that she has a dream of uh, doing this sometime in the future. And away from the volleyball court, she's taking steps to do that, like classes in school or, or uh, you know, uh, early enrollment in, in, in some college courses or, or what have you. There's always a story away from the event, mm-hmm. whether it's the, the background of a politician. Uh, Joe Biden, mm-hmm. perfect example. And, and I say that um, not as a rah-rah for Biden or anything. I have nothing against the guy. I don't know him. But... Um, Take politics out of it. Joe Biden's story, losing his wife and daughter in a car accident. I wasn't aware of that. Losing his son in 2014 or 15 to keep him from running in 2016. These are stories that you push the politics aside, just like you would push the sports aside on, on the volleyball player. Mm-hmm. Um, and you tell the story of a human being and struggles they've been through. What kept him going? What, you know, what made him, uh, what made him make the decision to step away from from his passion? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you keep going when you lose a son? Uh, how do you keep going when you lose your wife and daughter in a in, in a car accident? Um, like I said that. Everyone has a story. Hopefully it's not that tragic. Sure. Um, but there are tons of stories out there. And you don't have to know... Um, you don't have to know... Be an expert on what that person does to write about that person. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a, a pastor back in Weatherford mm-hmm. where we moved from. And... His story was he almost died in a car accident. And from that, 
he came back to to be a pastor, mm-hmm. and a pretty good one. Uh, I I heard him preach a time or two. I didn't. I never joined his church or anything, but but a good guy, and we still stay in touch to this day. But Lou's story was, um, here's a young man who um, came very, very, very close to dying. Mm-hmm. And um, it led him to a life-changing experience. And we didn't get into the details about what he preaches about or um, we didn't get into the details about his church or anything. We just talked about him. And why this decision led him down, why this incident led him down this road. Um, you know, you, you don't even really have to, in most cases, you don't know the person, or if you do, you don't know them, you know, uh, you can be a friend with someone and, and tell a story, but um, a lot of times you don't even have to like the person. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, you know, the, some people would, you know, I, I, I have, I mean, I've been doing this for a very, very long time. So, yes, I have had people say to me, why did you write about that person? That person's a horrible human being. Well, because they had a story to tell. Mm-hmm. And it might not have been, you know, it might not have even been a positive story, but it was a story mm-hmm. that was interesting. Right. And that's first and foremost. Inspirational is always a big thing. I love telling inspirational stories. But the first thing is people have to read it. <laughs> and, um, you know, um, from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows, there are stories. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that's why I do what I do, because I just, I love telling stories. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So you, you mentioned radio. When did you, or was it, did you do them together? When did you switch from radio to editorial writing? Well, I've actually, I've actually written in some form or another since, uh, really since junior high. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I, uh, I don't know that I ever didn't write, mm-hmm. but... Um, right out of high school, I got into radio. Okay. And, um, you know, that was, uh, I mean, I was, I was right out of high school, and I was working for a top 40 radio station, and it was just the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, I bet. And, um, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't think I needed anything else. I, you know, who needs college? Who needs this? Who needs that? I mean, all my friends from school are listening. Uh, you know, it's cool with the girls. You soon learn that uh, maybe you should give this college thing a try. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did spend uh, almost a decade in radio, and, and it was. It was successful. I enjoyed it. I, I went from uh, uh, working midnight to six on the weekends at a station in Tyler, Texas called KTBB. I don't even know if the station's around anymore. It was when I was last there uh, a few years ago, but um, I went from doing that to moved into the evening slot on uh, Crosstown uh, Top 40 Rock and Roll called KDOK. And the next thing you know, I, I'm, I'm, I 
guess I was pretty good at it because I did wind up making my way to Birmingham and and working in a big market doing morning drive. Um, and it was fun. I loved it. Um, I got into writing. I got into newspaper, though, when I was working for a station that got sold, and they went from top 40 to talk, mm-hmm. all an all-talk format. And, you know, I was young. There was a little bit of smart aleck in me still. Mm-hmm. Still is, I suppose. <laughs> um, and I remember saying in the meeting when they told us everything, they told us they were going to a talk format, I remember to this day saying, what is it you think we do? It <laughs> didn't sit well. Um, but it was terrifying. It, it, it was terrifying. I, I uh, found myself suddenly without a job, not because of that comment, but because we all got laid off. Yeah. And it was terrifying. I, I was married for the first time. My son was on the way. Um, and a friend of mine called up, and uh, he said, don't you have some... Sports writing in your background? I said, yeah, I did a little bit of that here and there. Um, so he he got me a job in a little paper north of Birmingham. And um, he didn't tell me that my first week on the job, I was going to have to fire the guy that I was ultimately replacing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. How did that go? Um. I felt terrible. I did. I felt absolutely terrible. And really, I was not told until I was in the building working. Oh, my gosh. Um, I would die. I I got called in. He said, by the way, he said, we can't keep both of you. And I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, he said, we're going to let him go. And he said, we need you to tell him. And I said, I just got here. Oh, my he said, well, we're letting him go one way or another since you're going to take his job. So you know, <laughs> here I am. Um, you know, here I am in my, you know, in my mid-20s, and I'm you know, terrified of what to do. So I sat down with the guy, and he was really, really, um, really cordial. Hmm. To this day, I'll never forget how nice he was. And he looked at me and he said, I know what they're making you do. So I'm just going to save you the trouble. I'm quitting. Oh, my gosh. And I said, man, I said, I don't know. I, wouldn't ta- I said, I wouldn't have taken the job. Right. He said, well, they were going to let me go anyway. He said, if it wasn't you, it was somebody else. And he said, you seem like a pretty nice guy. So, so we were cool. We actually, you know, actually, uh, uh, after he left, he actually did some freelance work for me. Really? Um, you know, here and there, yeah. He'd mm-hmm. pick up an occasional story. So, But, yeah, it, um, I tell you what, the, the media is a wonderful place to uh, make a living and have a career, but you just never know what's around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that, so um, – since then, I have not worked in radio full-time. I've dabbled here and there, going on as a, a 
like a guest host or uh, a guest at halftime of a football game or this or that. Uh, I do still love going on the radio. I, I just never have uh, – I've never pursued an opportunity to go back on full time. Sure. Uh, I've, I've actually also done some television work on uh, just community television. I haven't – none of the networks have called me or anything. <laughs> um, Yet. Yet. Well, you know, I mean, they, they, they realize, you know, my price is pretty high. So yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, you're not going to get this cheap. <laughs> I know. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I still I still do radio uh, just as, as a guest here and there. It's, it's fun. Yeah. You don't ever get it out of your system, yeah. just like you don't ever get uh, writing out of your system. Sure. Um, and that was one of the appeals of, of, of the job here. Is not only was I coming here to be general manager of the paper, but it's not just numbers and forms and signing this and that. It's not just uh, it's not just uh, staff meetings and such. It's I actual actually write. Oh. I actually participate in the uh, in the actual production of the paper. Uh, I, I don't design it or anything. Uh, we have a tremendous person who does that, uh, Joyce Lionel. She does a fantastic job of. Yeah. Of laying the paper out, as as you know, do others who help her, Courtney and Lupita and um, Connie. Um, you know, Carol does an excellent job of proofreading. Uh, we have an amazing staff. Yeah, we, we really do. Lucky is a is is an amazing editor. Um, I hope that I am one tenth as. Um, I, I hope that I'm able, you know, Lucky's in her 80s, and yet she, and, and Lucky is the premier example of knowing what you do, doing it best, and doing it for as long as you want to because yeah. you're good at it. Right. I mean, if you're good at something, why should you come to a stop in the road? Why, why should there be a number that says, okay, you can't do this anymore? Right. Uh, I, I certainly wanted to, would not want to be. <laughs> but I hope that I'm one tenth as as involved and uh, on top of things as Lucky is when I'm when I'm her age, and I'm not going to tell her age because she's <laughs> she's a lady, and and I'm not sure that Lucky couldn't beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> Something I thought was pretty impressive about our paper that I actually learned last week is how long most of the staff members have been there like there's oh not gosh, many that yeah. have been there less than 10 years right now right you know there's several who have been there uh i know joyce has been there i think 40 or so yeah, that's uh, jan uh, jan's been there i think four decades um lucky's been there forever mm -hmm. um yeah i uh, kent in our press room has been there i think 15 Oh, you know, going on twenty maybe. Um, people, people come there and they stay. Yeah. But that's a, that's the mark of uh, that's the mark of a good place. Mm -hmm. um, I plan on staying. I hope I haven't said anything in this interview that's going to make them run <laughs> off. <laughs> I don't think I have. We can always edit it out. Don't okay. worry. <laughs> So let's let's talk um, about the evolution of media. You know, okay. with the internet and Facebook, and I mean, it seems like it is almost we're almost overstimulated with news or whatever. So, so how did you navigate that as it was changing? I do not like it when people get news off of Facebook. Yeah. Um, 
Now I'm big into Facebook. I, you know, I try not to argue with people on Facebook. And I realize I'm going down a little bit different road here. But since we mentioned Facebook, I would like to offer this advice to people. Mm-hmm. It's okay to debate. There's a difference between debating and arguing. Mm-hmm. I was having a nice, friendly debate with someone the other day, a guy that I've known in back in Texas. Uh, 10 years, and then someone else comes in who knows him and says, well, here's a number for you, Rick. You're 100% stupid. How about that? (laughs) Which actually, yeah. (laughs) Well, you're... So my response was, okay. um, (laughs) I I needed to go anyway, so. uh, um, but, But, yeah, to me, that's an ender. Right. When when you start calling people names and and what have you, um, you know, I'm not say, I'm not going to say Facebook should be fun. It can be, mm-hmm. and sure, it should be to a certain degree. But but don't get your news from there. Sure. Uh, it just, and I'm not saying that just because I'm in the news business. I'm saying that because it's just not the best place to get news. Sure. Um, and if you are going to get something off of there, for goodness sake, check it out. Right, right. Um, just, you know, and there are ways to check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if it's legitimate and you want to share it, then okay, share it. Mm-hmm. But just do your homework. And it doesn't take that much. I mean, right. we are talking about the Internet after all. So if you got something off the Internet, use the Internet to make sure it's <laughs> factual. I had a teacher in high school that was like super, his thing was just type the first five words into Google and you'll be able to find 600 articles and you can find out, you know, it's like, it's so easy. Yeah. Yeah. Now see, you say I had a teacher in high school and you mentioned Google and everything. If I say I have a teacher in high school (laughs) and I mentioned Google, that teacher would go, what? Yeah. Why are, you ta- why are you talking baby language? Google. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I miss the days of the old stones and chisels. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you know, back to your question about about the role that that uh, social media can play in. in um, I think that was the question, wasn't it? Yeah, basically, oh, just you know, the internet kind of. Social media can be great to help newspapers along. Um, and and any form of media, mm-hmm. newspapers, radio, what have you, social media can be great for advancing that. Uh, for example, Courtney does uh, a, an amazing job of keeping things on our Facebook. Um, something will happen, I'll send her a little, tiny little article, and because um, I don't want to give it all away. We do want people to buy the paper. Yeah, exactly. But I'll send her a little something, and it's on Facebook five minutes later. Mm-hmm. Same with Lapita and the website, and, and they kind of interchange. So, sure. um, But uh, the two of them together, um, like a, a perfect example is yesterday morning, we got information from uh, Chasa about, um, and we'd had something on there about the commissioner was considering uh, looking at bringing back football in the fall, but then they had a meeting. Chasa put out a release, 
five minutes after we got that release, they had something on the line. Oh, that's awesome. And, and, and on Facebook. And that is, a, that is a great use of social media and the Internet. Um, again, we're not going to give you the whole story because we do want you to buy the paper. Right. But it's a great way to tell people, hey, this happened. Um, and then if they want more, they'll buy the paper. So I, I think that social media can be a tremendous help yeah. to the news media. Yeah. So um, you haven't found that it's hindered? Oh, it has hindered. It has. It has, yeah. I, I was about to get to that. Oh. Uh, it, has, it has hindered. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to figure out a way to make it work for you. Yeah. You cannot work for it. And again, that comes back to what I said earlier. Don't get your news off of Facebook. There are online legitimate news sites. Right. Um, in fact, I have one on my phone that, that uh, I, I keep, and, and it, keeps me, uh, it keeps me updated on national news, world news, uh, some you know, Colorado news. Um, and, and that's fine, but it's a legitimate news right. site. Right. It's, not a, it's not a Facebook or Twitter. or um, Those are the two I'm familiar with. I, I know sure. my daughter would call me an old fogey, but uh, <laughs> see, there's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Instagram. Instagram, that's the one I wasn't thinking of. Now, what is TikTok? Uh, you know, I should know more about it. It's like a video platform, but it's, I don't, I don't really understand it, yeah, which is, I really shouldn't say that on camera, but I really don't understand <laughs> TikTok. My well, you siblings, have the editing capabilities. Yeah, right. My siblings love it or did used to like it, and it's like, but I, I never understood it, so I don't, I don't know that it's even a news source. No. But yeah, I yeah. think, I think uh, social media has hindered uh, the real media, I suppose, right. for lack of a better for lack of a better phrase, um, because a lot of people are turning to it for yeah. their news. Yeah. Um, well, even like the internet, like it's that, that's kind of where my question was going too. Is um, I can still remember getting a Denver Post newspaper and waiting for my dad to go through it. And then I would like, you know, we love to look at it and then the comics and everything. And now it's all at your fingertips. Like if you want to know what's happening right now, you don't have to wait till Sunday or tomorrow. I I confess. I, I, I get the digital subscription to the Denver Post. Um, uh, in fact, you know, um, but, uh, I, I I do prefer an old fashioned newspaper. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, you know, newspapers the world over, I don't, I think community newspapers are going to, uh, always have a place and I'll, yeah. I'll come back to that in, in a second, but, um, newspapers the world over, I mean, online is there, it's mm-hmm. not going away, right. um, so you can either roll with it or you won't win the battle. Mm-hmm. You're not going to defeat online journalism. It's, yeah. it's, it's too convenient. It's, it's there. But you can work with it. You can use it to your advantage. Um, and again, I come back to what we do. Mm-hmm. We give you part of the story. Right. If you want more, you buy the paper. Mm-hmm. If that's enough to appease you well I mean, no hard feelings yeah you just you know 
take that buck and a quarter, add 10 to it, and buy you a cup of coffee at Starbucks, you know? Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but, yeah, you're, you're not going to get rid of, uh, of Internet media. It's, it's there to stay. So you work with it. Right. You, you incorporate it into what you do. Um, I think the, I think a lot of the newspapers that are struggling, I'm not going to say that they haven't figured that out because I'm not in their shoes. So I, I don't want to come across as, as criticizing them. But um, I will say that those with a strong internet presence are seeing benefits from it. Um, again, though, I personally, when I sit down in the morning with a cup of coffee, I like a, a uh, paper paper, yeah. as, as some people call it. That's one of the things, again, um, going back to, to here, um, people love this newspaper. Yeah, they do. They do. I mean... Mm -hmm. We've had two 60-page issues since I got here. And I, it's not anything I did. Um, they just, people love this paper. Yeah. Um, on a regular week, we're 32 to, to 40 pages. Uh, and I know papers that would, I mean, my gosh, they would sell their soul to the devil to, <laughs> To have half of that on a regular basis. Right. Um, I don't think anyone has sold their soul to the devil here, but <laughs> I that I can confirm. Uh, you know, I edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that no, was no. funny. I'm keeping that in. <laughs> um, yeah, but they do. They, they, they love this paper. It's, it's, yeah. it's almost an anomaly. Um, I mean, some some of the most popular papers around are putting out smaller editions because um, people just don't buy the paper copy anymore. But they do this one, uh, and it just you know it. it I got to tell you, it it amazes me. And, and, but I'm also extremely happy because um, I think it's indicative of something I said a few minutes ago about community papers, I think, are always going to have a place because mm -hmm. as great as it can be argued that online news is, try clipping out a picture of your grandson or your granddaughter uh, or your son or daughter from, uh, you know, from a website. But, you know, a community paper, you just take those scissors and go to work. Um, and I think for that reason, there's always going to be a, a place for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I wonder, what do you think the correlation is? Do you think that's a community thing? Do you think that's, like, how does, how does a paper um, thrive in, like, our little small town? What, you, what attributes are present? Well, and again, this comes back to another reason that I'm here is um, immediately I could see after after speaking with um, the folks that, that ultimately wound up hiring me, 
um, I could see that our mindset was very, very much the same. Um, I have, most of my career, I have, most of my writing career, I have focused on the community aspect to what I do. Um, the suburbs, the, uh, the, the outlying areas, the, uh, uh, the places that might otherwise, you know, if you're, you know, if you're the, the Dallas Morning News, or the Star-Telegram, Houston Chronicle, uh, and, and Denver Post, um, sometimes those outlying areas, I'm not going to say they get forgotten because they do get in, but, um, let's take a football game, for example. You might get, oh, uh, three, four inches in a, in a big city paper and a box score. But that community paper is going to run a 20-inch story with three, four pictures of different kids, yeah. your kids, my kids. Yeah. Um, so to be a successful community paper, you have got to focus heavily, and I do mean heavily, on the word community. Mm -hmm. The community has to like you. The community has to believe in you. That doesn't mean you have to run around with pom-poms and, you know, rah-rah, nobody ever does anything wrong, this or that. But what you've got to establish is, at least this is, you know, the community newspaper gospel according to Rick. Um, <laughs> we'll jot we'll that down. Again, this and 12 bucks will get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. But, um, but you've, got to, uh, you've got to get the community to, to realize that you want to print good news. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you won't print the bad news. If something bad happens, right. you're obligated to print it. But your first and foremost mission is, I always tell people this. If a law gets broken or something bad happens, um, we're going to run it. Mm -hmm. It's our job. Yeah. But I hope that never happens. I would love to run nothing but good news. Mm -hmm. I, 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 wanna, I, I want to run the story about uh, the EMT, who, the, the local lady who was named EMT of the year. Uh, I want to run the story about... Um, um, you know, we have, uh, and by the way, this is a, this is a huge thing. I'm I'm, I'm really thrilled that, that we had this in this week. Uh, I want to run the story that there are zero positive COVID cases now in Kit Carson County. That no one's in quarantine. Yeah, um, Troy's over there clapping. I feel like we all should. Yeah, yeah that's I, I awesome. Mean, I mean, I mean, says a lot about um, our community. But if you get the community to realize that you want what's best for them, you want to report the good mm -hmm. stuff. They respect you. So when you do have to go to someone and say, look, tell me about this. I heard you, I heard you confiscated $500,000 from the Children with Leprosy Fund. Um, is that even a thing? <laughs> I was like, oh, that's quite an example. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then... You know, then they then they will believe you. They, right. I mean, obviously you're probably not going to get a good response from the person who took the money, but um, 
the other people will believe you when you run something about that right. because you have established yourself as community first. Mm-hmm. And those stories affect that community. There, what did you say earlier about um, things that happen outside of a community that you had a really great quote, and well, I can't and, remember and, what it was. And yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, um, community doesn't necessarily just mean your next-door neighbor right. or... Um, you know, the, the, something that's that's local. Um, take, for example, the firefighters. Uh, firefighters. Take, for example, uh, uh, yeah, definitely firefighters. We need a lot of them right now. Yeah. But uh, take, for example, the, the fires that are happening here in Colorado. They affect us down here. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I was, I was out on the golf course the other day, and the haze in the sky uh, was, you know, that was, was quite evident. Um, and... Um, and I don't drink beer when I play golf, so, <laughs> so it, it wasn't that. Um, I think that would have been a different kind of haze. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, um, I'm, <laughs> I don't need anything else hampering my shots. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. Uh, I've played with I've played with guys who said, "Oh, it make you play better." Right. While you're over there drinking your Budweiser, looking in looking for your ball in the trees. I'm going to be out here with my bottle of water on the fairway. So, um, And then when I get home, I will celebrate with a Budweiser because I beat you by 10 shots. <laughs> That's a good strategy. Um, but, um, no, there's things happening all over that, that affect locally mm-hmm. that aren't happening locally. The fires, for example, the, the uh, legislation that uh, that comes out of, of our government. Um, uh, the, the Chassa thing. Yeah. You know, when, when Governor Polis said that he was willing to work with uh, Chassa on trying to make fall football happen, um, you know, all of that affects us locally. So one of the reasons we have such a large paper is it doesn't have to happen in Burlington or Kit Carson County for us to write it. It just, you know, we, we like for it to uh, have a local appeal. Mm-hmm. So, so community is, it's your next door neighbor, but it's also all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with all that in mind, which is, I love everything you've said so far, especially when you take it from the, the ideals that everybody has a story to tell. Um, they do. No, my question is, do you have a, a vision moving forward with the paper? I mean, what what's your plan there? Ah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I walked into an amazing situation. Um, and it's kind of like, Okay, the Broncos just won the Super Bowl, and you became their he- new head coach the next year, and everybody's back from that championship team. Yeah. What do you do? Do you tinker with it very much? Do you do you realize I just inherited a Super Bowl champion? Everybody's back. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you're going to put your own little touches on there. Right. Everybody is. Yes. But the big picture, honestly. You don't mess with it a lot. It's been around 130 years. Mm-hmm. It's extremely successful. Um, 
there will be changes over time that that, that happens. Right. It, it's it's inevitable with any, even the most successful of businesses. Um, I've already done a couple of things that that I guess you could say are, are my own touch, um, but I have we haven't done anything major, and nothing major is called for. Over time, it might be, and when it is, we'll we'll deal with it, and it, and it won't be me making the decision. It'll be us making the decision. Um, w- among the immediate things that we've done, we have started uh, working on a stronger web presence, mm-hmm. and I think we've been really successful with that. Um, as far as the actual paper product, we haven't done... Uh, just bits and pieces here and there, but nothing really that has has changed the concept of it at all. Because again, it's it's a championship product, mm-hmm. and as long as it's winning championships, you know, um, why would I why would I want to get in the way of that? Right. Um, and I'm certainly not com- I'm certainly not going to sit here and compare myself to you know, legendary coaches or anything like that. But one thing, and I, and I use them as, a, as, as an example because I did spend a lot of years writing sports. Um, but really any, any successful coach or leader of any kind, I think will tell you that the best way to be successful is to understand that it, it wasn't successful completely because of you. And in my case, it certainly wasn't because I've only been here a couple of months. Mm-hmm. So uh, this, you know, the, the Burlington record is successful because of people who have been there for four decades and, right. and, and people who uh, have, have just poured their, their heart and soul into it. Uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes I look at it and I go, "I'm so lucky to be here. I'm so blessed to be here. What do I do now?" <laughs> uh, and I truly am. I truly am really uh, lucky to be in the presence of people well like Lucky yeah. uh, and Joyce, and and uh, and and I've learned so much from them. Mm-hmm. Just. Uh, you know, why would a why would a coach come in and change what Peyton Manning was doing sure. in his prime? He wouldn't. Right. And and that's kind of how I feel with the paper. I mean, they've been doing great things for decades. Mm-hmm. I mean, my gosh, while they were, uh, you know, they while they were. You know, forty years. Forty years, a long time. I, I, I sometimes have trouble doing something for forty minutes. <laughs> um, but think about that. I mean, forty years ago, they were, they were putting out this paper that at that time had been around ninety years. Mm-hmm. And what was I doing? I was, I think I was probably calling my friend to see what time the frat party was. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, looking ahead for the paper, I, I just I think you know 
it's been successful for 130 years, and I think if we continue to do things right, we will have to make certain adjustments because, like we've talked about, the, the, the online presence, the, the social media and such, we will have to adapt with those. But we will. I mean, we've proven over time that we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, this thing's going to be around another 130 years. I'll be here, but um, I mean, I'll be here as long as I can, but I highly doubt I'll be here 130 years from now. Um, but yeah, I, I think this paper is going to be successful for a very, very long time, uh, just because the, the track record shows that it will be. Sure. Um, I just, I, I, again, I can't say enough how much I just feel fortunate to be here. And I had been in the Fort Worth area for 24 years. Right. Was not looking to move. I, um, but, you know, I just, I, I, I felt moved by, um, I just felt moved by what, what I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, the good Lord saw this as a place where he wanted me to be. And, and here I am. So I, I would like to change gears again, Anya. Uh, we've talked about the local paper, but um, going back to the beginning, we were talking about all the stories you've written, and I had a question and I forgot about it, so I'm going to bring it back up. <laughs> um, of all the stories you've had to tell, what was your favorite, and what did you learn from that story? Uh, that's another good question. Um I was, and this actually was not that long ago. This was three or four years ago. Uh, it was for a magazine in Texas uh, called Now Magazine, mm-hmm. if anyone wants to look it up. Um, and there was a uh, Vietnam veteran who worked in special forces. And they had to keep silent about what they were doing for, I believe it was 50 years. Wow. Yeah. Couldn't even tell his wife. Couldn't tell his therapist. Couldn't tell anybody. Um, and just as, as, as luck would have it, he wanted to tell, he loved that magazine, and he wanted to tell his story to him. And they assigned the story to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I always enjoy hearing what people have to say, and I always get caught up in what they have to say because you have to. I mean, you're telling their story. And if you're not caught up in it, how can you expect a reader to be when you turn around and relay that story? Sure. Um, and, but in this particular case, I was, I was awestruck. Here's a guy who held this information for five decades. And some of the stuff he told um, about, you know, some of his fellow soldiers dying and, and right there in front of him and, and, and how. And um, I, that story probably um, affected me or moved me sure. in more than just about any story that I've, I've ever told. Um, and 
you know, I, and, and it's probably, probably for the rest of my life, I am going to um, look at that story and, and remember it. And, and uh, so, I, yeah, I would say probably that one had, has the, had the most effect on me um, in a variety of ways. There was sadness, but there was uh, admiration. Uh, again, 50 years. Yeah. And yeah. he went to therapist. He's, he's, he's got therapy, but he couldn't tell his therapist really completely why he was there. He couldn't even tell his own wife until, uh. the, until finally they were told, okay, now you can talk about it. Oh, my gosh. Um, what a, what the, uh, one of the uh, funniest interviews I ever did was, uh, uh, it was actually for the paper in Alabama after I left the radio, after I left radio and got into, uh, Charles Barkley is from a little town called Leeds, Alabama. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's right outside of Birmingham. And I cannot remember how I got in touch with him, but an interview was set up and Barkley agreed to sit down with me. Oh I mean, here, gosh. And the paper I worked at was not that big. Sure. But for some reason, he agreed to do it. <laughs> and it was the funniest, one of the most enjoyable interviews I've ever had. It turns out we were both movie buffs. Now, oh, my now, gosh. Now, I haven't talked to Charles. I actually did see him one other time after that, and I'll tell you more about that in a second. But, uh, I, you know, I doubt Charles would remember me today. But sure. – um, we had the greatest time sitting there in a might have been a Chili's or TGI Fridays, but it was something along those lines. And um, turns out we're both movie buffs. Uh, at that time, uh, neither one of us uh, golfed much, but we were interested in the game. Um, I will say, I think I. I think based on what I've heard about Charles' golf game, I've gotten better than him. <laughs> but um, He probably enjoys more Budweiser's in the trees. <laughs> yeah, I bet Charles does like his Budweiser. Um, I'm, I'm more of a, a Corona guy myself, or Shiner. I'd, Shiner, for those who don't know, is a uh, beer that I think is manufactured only in Texas, a little town called Shiner. Um, it's worth it's worth the price of the freight if you did want to have some sent up here. Um, but uh, a little bit later, I guess maybe half a year later or something, uh, we had the Alabama Sports Writers Convention, mm -hmm. and lo and behold, the guest of honor was Charles Barkley. Nice. And he did at that time remember me because it hadn't been very long since we'd had the interview, mm -hmm. and we played golf. Uh, there was a golf tournament, and he was on the team that was uh, he was on the team that was playing either ahead or behind us. I can't remember, but I do remember on at least four or five holes, I'd hear some expletive shouted out, <laughs> and then the ball would come flying over into our fairway or oh over into our gosh. tee box, and and uh, yeah, sure enough, it'd be Barkley. Now, I wasn't any better really <laughs> but you know i wasn't a nationally renowned star either so 
there wasn't as much pressure to be all around athletic. But uh, yeah, that and he took some of my money playing poker. Oh. But, that's awesome. I tried to convince him I needed it more than him, but I don't think he cared. Well, you know, I don't, I don't know that I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been very fortunate in my career to, to, uh, to have some um, very uh, emotional and moving moments. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when you do something for a long time, you are going to run the, the gamut. Mm-hmm. Of emotions, I think that's the right word. Um, you're going to see the happiest of happies and the saddest of sads. Yeah. And, uh, I have, I have seen both. I mean, uh, right. I've seen, I've seen people ecstatic because of something that happened. I've seen people in tears because of something that happened. Yeah, human emotion is a yeah. pretty powerful thing. But again, they're all stories. Mm-hmm. I have a quick question, and I don't know how we're going to edit this in or ask, but um, you've been doing this for a long time. And then over the last 20 years, as Internet and media has changed, are you seeing young people getting involved? Are they going through journalism school? I mean, that's interesting, right? Like, you talked about the age of these newspapers, what the average age is. Are, Are kids college students? Is it the same thing? Or are they going to social media and Twitter or I'd like your take on that, and then maybe how if that if not, how do we reach out to people locally to get them involved, you know, or do do an internship with the paper, or you know, reach out to the journalism teachers, stuff like that. I, I do think there are still uh, a lot of young people getting involved. Um, I think probably more of them are leaning toward the internet version of things. That's just because that's that's you know how they were raised and, and how society has shifted during their upbringing. Um, but there are still young people who like reading the, the hard copy of the paper. Um, and yeah, I, I think there's still a fair amount of, of young people getting into it um, and, and writing for the, uh, the print version of, of, of papers. Um, I haven't stopped to take a serious look at the amount of young people getting in today as opposed to, say, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Um, but I think probably that, that the percentages are probably close. They're just, <clears throat> I think we're probably seeing more people get into the online uh, or lean toward the online. <clears throat> and again, I think that's just a byproduct of, of the way they were raised. Um, but, uh, yeah, the business as a whole, I think we're still seeing a lot of young people uh, get into it. Yeah. So I think those are all of my, like, trivial questions for you. Um, but is there anything else you want Burlington to know or, you know, how, what else? Any closing comments for us? Um, find a way to say Burger King. <laughs> um, I know, so sad. You know, I think they need a million dollars for a new building, so if somebody wants to start a GoFundMe, um, you know, and 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 you know, obviously, if you don't raise enough money, I'm pretty sure we can find another use for it. I, I, you know, if you want to bring it by the paper and leave it at my office, I'm sure I could figure out something to do with it. Um, uh, 
Well, you know, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't actually told you about my, my uh, personal life much per se. I, I am married to an incredible woman mm-hmm. um, named Janelle, and um, she. Uh, uh, now you talk about somebody who does good stuff. I mean, she's 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 fantastic. Um, she works for. Uh, company in Texas called Express Employment Professionals. Actually, they have offices in Colorado as well. Uh, come to think of it, they might have one in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. I know that I believe, I'm almost certain they have some in the Denver area, but she's been with them for almost 15 years and um, she was going to, when we moved here, she was going to uh, just I actually don't know what she was going to do, but uh, I think she was probably going to do something on, on, you know, like help people with resumes or what have you. Mm-hmm. She's a big helper, huge helper. She loves loves to help people, and she's good at it. But um, they didn't want to let her go, and so she's working remotely, uh, three days from home. And what? And 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 again, she helps people find jobs. Yeah. She helps people who need to put food on the table. She helps people who might get their car repossessed or otherwise. I mean, she makes a difference in people's lives. You know, I write stories that, you know, hopefully you'll find interesting. Hopefully you buy, hopefully you'll buy the paper so I can keep my job. (laughs) Um, But it is nice to know that if I did ever need a job, I can just walk across the house and honey, (laughs) you're not going to believe what happened to me today. (laughs) Uh, and, and and if corporate's listening, um, yeah, I, everything's fine. I haven't done anything to lose my job. So. Uh, but but yeah, I am so I'm so proud of her. And um, between us, we have we have five children. Um, my our youngest is our daughter Kinsley. She lives in Denver, and she attends Metro State University. Okay. She is uh, uh, she's going to finish up her bachelor's and uh, get her master's degree in uh, child psychology. Oh, wow. And um, she actually uh, has a, a very strong acting and singing background. Oh, really? Um, which is actually how I wound up going to college. Um, uh, and actually, I met my wife. Uh, I was doing a play. So where, uh, where did you go to college? Uh, I graduated from the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Okay. Kinsley is uh, she? She still hasn't gotten that out of her blood. She's but right now she's focused on getting married next year. Okay, that's exciting. And uh, she uh, and, and then uh, we have a um, uh, two sons live with us, and uh, Justin and Marcus are just they're, they're great kids. Um, they heard we were going to Colorado, and they said, can we go? Said, yeah, getting a four-bedroom house, why not? There you go. So, uh, and then we have uh, our daughter, Lindsay, who is just a, a technical genius. Um, and then our son, Christopher, is a musician in Austin. Oh, wow. And they're all just incredibly smart. Uh, they, they're all great at what they do. We have two grandkids uh, from Lindsay, who, mm-hmm. who lives back in Weatherford, 
Zoe and Gracie. So if you guys are watching this with mom, hey. <laughs> um, and then there's me. Mm-hmm. And I love working for the paper. Uh, I love golfing when I'm not working. And, well, I actually should probably say I love being with my family before I love golfing. <laughs> um, and I've thought about, I'm tr- actually trying to talk my wife into um, golfing with me. Mm-hmm. But the more I think about it, she was a heck of an athlete. <laughs> she, she was a really good tennis player. I think she made something like more than 50 consecutive free throws when she was playing high school basketball. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she, she was so, she probably kicked my butt if we <laughs> But anyway, um, I still, uh, I, I, I love the Denver sports teams. Mm-hmm. But I'm still, I mean, I've only been here two months, so I'm still, I was cheering for the Dallas Stars when they played the Avalanche, forgive me. <laughs> but if the Avalanche had won, I'd be cheering for them. Oh. Um, uh, I am cheering for the Nuggets against the Clippers. Um, if, the, if the Denver teams aren't playing a DFW team, then I'm, I'm cheering for them. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, sports-wise, my heart is still in. We'll get there. I mean, oh yeah. You know, after I've been here twenty four years, <laughs> I won't even know those teams exist. <laughs> oh yeah, and depending on how well they do, it might even take less time. You know, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, what else? I collect ties. Oh, tell me about I that. You have an ties. interesting on, one on today. Uh, yeah, this is just a dinosaur tie that I. Mm-hmm. I don't think this particular tie has a special story behind it, but uh, it was, well, other than it was a gift from a, a, a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I have everything from, uh, I have everything from the uh, Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show <coughs> to uh, Bigfoot. <laughs> I'm a huge Bigfoot believer. Really? I, I that could be a whole other podcast with all of that information. Uh, he does exist. Okay. He does. And I have a ton of Bigfoot paraphernalia at home. Uh, in fact, back in Texas, I turned a part of our garage into a Bigfoot museum. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I would love to know more about this. I have a, uh, I have a giant uh, heavy cardboard mm-hmm. uh, cutout. And he's about eight feet tall. So, uh, like, life-size. Life-size. His wow. name is Squatchy. And uh, back in Texas, we lived on a corner on a corner lot, and we had a grove of trees. And on a clear day, I would put Squatchy in the grove of trees, and just watch as the cars drove by. <laughs> uh, we actually have a grove of trees here; it's across the street from us, but it's not our property, so oh. I, I, have, I have to get permission. I have a feeling it won't be very hard. <laughs> uh, I'm trying. I'm looking into the possibility. I, but he is cardboard, so I have to be very careful about the water. right, right, but which uh, changes very quickly. Have you noticed yeah. yet? But yeah, I'm a huge Bigfoot nerd, so and I would love to come back and talk about that at yeah. at, at, at any time. Um, and that's that's about it. I mean, other than that, I mean, I'm a pretty easygoing guy. Um, you know, you. Uh, Give me a sandwich and a beer and turn the game on, and I'm good to go. Squeeze is on. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I have enjoyed this very much. And any time, I'm glad to come back with you. Well, thank you so much. We're also very appreciative of everybody watching. Stay tuned. Next week, we are going to be interviewing Mr. Daniel Milia, talking about drones and everything he does out at the airport. So, go ahead. I went to a Rotary Club meeting recently, mm-hmm. and Daniel gave a presentation of, um, you put, it, it was, a, I don't know what it's called exactly, VR. but, what's that? Virtual reality. Virtual reality, yes. Um, uh, and you put the goggles on, sure. and, and, and uh, I, I didn't do it, I Wish now that I had. I was yeah, a new kid in town. I'd only been here like a couple of weeks or so. I didn't want to, you know, fall down off the building. And, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, if he does that again, I'll probably participate because it looked, it just looked really, really fun. Those so, things are fascinating. Yeah, so he'll, he'll be a good guest. He's yeah, uh, and and also actually speaking of Daniel, that's one of the stories that'll be coming up. Um, think next week uh, the 17th uh, on uh, what they did at the airport and and uh, he's and done a lot out that, there yeah uh, he he has and uh, yeah, Daniel will be a good guest You'll yeah we're, we're excited we're very excited so yeah I'm uh, look forward to seeing that as well mm-hmm. okay. Daniel you owe me <laughs> okay you put a good plug in for you Daniel <laughs> All right. Well, until next time. Thanks, guys.